Welcome to Radio Physics, a collaboration with the Aspen Center for Physics, KDNK Community Radio in Carbondale, and advanced physics students from Roaring Fork Valley High Schools. The students spend a week working at the center during the summer and get to talk one-on-one to some of the distinguished physicists who are here. I'm Patty Fox, and I'm hosting today's program, which was recorded during the teen summer program at the Aspen Center for Physics. Patrick Young from Glenwood Springs High School and Samuel Navius from Aspen High School will interview Ibrahima Baugh, Assistant Professor of Physics at Johns Hopkins University. Ibu, as he is generally known, did I get that right? Yeah. Good. Completed his PhD at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, in 2012. And so he's a pretty young physicist here. And went on to a joint postdoctoral position at the University of Southern California and the Institute of Theoretical Physics in Sacre in France. In 2015, he joined the University of California San Diego Particle Theory Group as a UC President's Postdoctoral Fellow, and in 2017 joined Johns Hopkins uh, Particle Theory Group as an Assistant Professor in Physics. His general research interest is in theoretical high-energy physics and cosmology, exploring the relations between quantum field theories, string theory, and gravity via the framework of halog. Holography, did I get that? Okay. <laughs> He's also interested in fundamental aspects of black holes and their role in nature, all part of a larger research program in high energy physics whose main goal is to understand a quantum theory of gravity. Hi, Ibu. Just to get the ball rolling here, um, what got you interested in physics? Oh, that's a very good question. Physics. I, as far as I can remember, there wasn't anything else that I really cared much for than just understanding how things work. So I was the kid that would destroy things in the house. <laughs> so it's natural that I ended up being a physicist. So um, could you talk a little bit about your journey, maybe like your undergrad to your PhD, what kind of work and what kind of challenges you may have faced during those times? Okay. So... Um, I guess to put this in context, I, uh, I actually grew up in Senegal, in West Africa, and I came to U.S. as an immigrant when I was 13 or so. Wow. Uh, so I'm from New York City, and I went to inner city schools, and um, I got a scholarship to go to Lafayette College, which is in Pennsylvania. So when I was there, I was interested in physics and math, so I just studied a lot of physics and math. Luckily, it's a small liberal arts school. They let me do whatever I want. So I effectively had a, my own curriculum where I wow. did a lot of uh, advanced physics, a lot of advanced math, which was very nice. And then after that, I um, started grad school one year, actually, at University of Iowa, and then moved to Michigan the following year. And uh, that's, where I, that's where I did my PhD. Um, just out of curiosity, when did you... Um, move from Senegal to America? It was 1997. 1997. Uh, yeah, I was 13, yeah. So moving from Africa, what kind of challenges did you have to face, especially growing up in New York in the inner, skitty, inner city school system? There must have been lots of adversity that had to come at you head on. Yes, 
So I arrived in the States, I think, on a sort of a weekend. I didn't speak English whatsoever. And on the next Wednesday, my father had already registered me to the local um, elementary school, eighth grade. So that was very exciting. Eighth grade, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't live in a... We didn't live in a particularly savory part of the city. We lived in the Bronx, um, okay. closer to South Bronx. So um, it was a rather shock, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, it was a rather shock. I had to learn to fight quite early on. <laughs> 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 um, so, so that that was the main thing. But you know, being in a part of inner city schools where you know there isn't really uh, an infrastructure that exists for you to to, to do anything of significance. Um, because I grew up in Senegal, I was very curious, and my family back there had a very nice sort of enclave for me to read and learn a lot of things. So when I came to US, it was natural to continue doing that. So I did spend a lot of time on my own learning things and, and so forth. Even, even when I went to high school, um, I mean, I, I got straight A's, but that, that, that wasn't of great significance. I just did try right. to learn a lot of things that I was curious about. So I was typically the weird kid around. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you said you've always been interested in physics, when did you become like particularly interested in string theory? Ah, good. So when I was in high school, so as, as I say, I was very curious about many things, and I liked a lot of um, sci-fi. <laughs> which is unusual for someone who lived in the Bronx. Right. <laughs> so there was this show called Flighters, um, which was going on at the time. So, you know, this was a show where people would travel between, um, you know, different types of universes, and, 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 and so to say. Um, you know, and they were exploring a multiverse in the show. Anyway, so when, when I was in high school, actually... Uh, around 10th grade or so, I was, you know, just talking to my, to one of the biology teachers and just saying, oh man, this show is so cool, blah, blah, blah. And then I like, oh, there is this thing called string theory, apparently, which is supposed to explain what that is about. <laughs> so I went to the library and I uh, picked out Brian Green's book, which, which was one of the first books. And then I read that and I continued to read it. And that book basically got me hooked. So I knew early on that I wanted to do fundamental physics after after reading that book, and the question was how to do that. Of course, right? right? Um, and you know, that's 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 the rest of the journey. So I knew that I was curious about studying this, and I wanted to know everything that there is to to know about it. I wanted to know everything there is to know about general relativity because that was a book where I just first saw something like general relativity something like quantum field theory, right. something like particle physics. <clears throat> so I just wanted to know everything. So I just tried to just read a bunch of popular books. Because in New York City, I would randomly go by Columbia, hoping to bump into Brian Greene, <laughs> <laughs> which is odd. Even then, at some point, I think I emailed him, like, oh, I want this is so cool. I want to do this. How do I learn more? And he was like, oh, you have to go to school. You have to learn all of these things. And, you know, you have to know GR and blah, blah, blah. Right, so I'm like, all right, then that's what I'm going to do. So when I went to college, as I was telling you, in, in Lafayette, because it was a small liberal arts, there was a math department and a physics department. So very early on, I approached the faculty, like, I want to know GR immediately. I want to learn it immediately. <laughs> like, oh, hold on. You have to re learn these things first before you get there. 
luckily I have found a really fantastic professor, um, Justin Corvino, who is my advisor, who's also a very good mentor to today and also a friend. Basically, he taught me a lot of math that I needed, taught me differential geometry and relativity. Um, so by my sophomore year, I started to learn GR, which was great. Um, GR being general relativity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the listening audience yeah. and, for <laughs> me, and for me. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so, so my sophomore year, I started to read uh, general, learn general relativity mostly from the famous book by Wald. Everyone knows what the book is. In, 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 in the field. <laughs> yeah, everybody in the field, but not yes. so, so, so that was great. And, and then I was basically hooked. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of an entrance drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've kind of talked about your general journey now. Could you tell us about some of the research you're focusing on at this very moment or anything interesting that you've come across? Okay, good. So research-wise, what am I thinking about? So... In the last basically 30 years or so, or let's say more specifically 25 years or so, um, we've come to learn that the various framework we use to study, to model and, and learn about the world uh, are so intimately related. Right? So what are these different ones? One is general relativity, which we use to learn about the world and the universe at large. Right? How do you understand? gravity, how do you understand uh, the dynamics of the universe at large. Then another one is quantum field theory, and quantum field theory describes basically, you know, the dynamics of elementary particles. It tells you um, how, wh what are the principles of quantum mechanics that allows you to understand relativistic particles, that are, you know, in, in a more fundamental way. The, the, the building blocks of matter how do they work? So you use quantum field theory to study that. Quantum field theory also is used in a much broader context. In fact, it is in terms of just understanding quantum mechanics and quantum-related things, it is one of the most important framework because we can also use it to learn a lot about, you know, phases of matter. You use it to learn about various uh, sectors of condensed matter. We use it to learn about also cosmology at large, right? If we want to model the universe at the very, very beginning. Then the last one is string theory. And string theory basically is a completely different formulation of, 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 of quantum theory, which naturally within string theory, both quantum field theory and gravity fit, right? So, so, so because of this, you have this rather triangle of three frameworks, which we use to learn about physics, which are all related through string theory in, in some way. Good. So, so one of the important questions that we want to know is what are the general predictions of quantum field theory? So if quantum field theory is the basic language of nature, so one thing you would want to know is what are the general predictions? What do they tell you about the physics at large? So this is a very hard question. Um, it's a hard question because because um, when things are interacting, right, there is a strength to their interaction, right? So you and I, when we're interacting, there could be a strength to how we interact. When, when, you know, when interactions are small, you know, it makes sense to talk about two things as separate objects and then to tell you how they behave 
as a correction of the interactions. Okay, good. But then when the interactions are very, very large, it could be hard to know, you know, to define what two things are. Right. right. It, it could be hard to, to define what is object A versus object B. You need a new picture to tell you how that system works. And in fact, in those systems, you can have very new degrees of freedom that emerge to tell you what's, what's going on. Okay? Um, so we see this sort of a phenomena a lot, you know, in condensed matter and in various sort of a things. So the, one of the questions that we care about is to know then when things are very strongly interacting, what is the physics that describes them? Okay? So this is hard to study in quantum field theory, but it turns out we can take a quantum field theory and fit it in string theory, and then when we put it in string theory, string theory tells us, oh, there's another way you can describe this system by using general relativity and gravity. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So, so then you can take hard questions in quantum field theory and turn them into questions in gravity, right? Which then you can use different tools where, which right. involves looking at geometry and studying various geometric properties of objects to learn about the quantum field theories. So a lot of my work these days is, is along that line, right? How do I use geometry to learn about quantum field theory through general relativity where across where I use string theory to give me a map. Okay. <laughs> so so that is the main things that I that I'm that I'm that I'm working on. <clears throat> Currently, some of the topics that I'm thinking about is that as I just tell you, right, when quantum field theories are very strongly coupled, when quantum field theories are not strongly coupled, you can tell me what are the objects in my world, right? right. Like I have object A, B, C, and D, and they are interacting in some way. But when they are very strongly coupled, right, as, as I say, when two things are interacting very strongly, it's hard to distinguish them. Right. So one of the questions you might ask is, is, what are the new degrees of freedom that you should use to describe the system? Okay. So the old degrees of freedom don't work anymore yeah. because you can't distinguish them. So what are the new degrees of freedom that you want that, 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 that should describe the system? More precisely, you might ask, what sort of things can you associate with those new degrees of freedom? A recent part of my work is actually trying to compute what those degrees of freedom are. What are the properties of those degrees of freedom of various quantum field theories by using gravity? Right. Right? How do I define it within gravity and string theory uh, and then get an answer that I can understand and make sense, which, which does not care about how strongly coupled the, the quantum system is? This is most of the things that I'm working on these days. <coughs> can I can I ask a question here? Mm -hmm. So, string theory is basically a mathematical construct. I mean, any theory, any framework that you start with, at first there are mathematical constructs, right? Okay. There, I mean, you use mathematics to tell you what the framework is, to define what it is. Okay. Okay, but... Um, but how does string theory provide you with this bridge... Good. So in this sense, um, it, it's because string theory itself, um, we, you know, in my, in, my, in my opinion, different people might say something different, string theory is that, I, I think of string theory as a theory of physics, period. Okay? So if it is a theory of physics, period, what that means then, any sort of 
framework that I use in physics should fit in string theory somehow. Okay? Uh, so it is in the sense that quantum field theory fits in string theory, meaning I take a string theory and I look at some corner of this framework, I get quantum field theory. There is a limit of string theory that gives me quantum field theory. Okay? okay? There is a limit of string theory that gives me gravity and general relativity. Okay? Those two limits can describe, could be limits about the same system because it started from string theory. Okay. So because I can take a string theory, which is a theory of physics, which is one thing, take different limits and get a quantum field theory, or take another limit and get a, get a rel general relativity, this is what allows me to connect general relativity and quantum field theory together. So in that sense, would it be fair to call string theory the quote, unifying theory in physics? Yeah, there, the term unifying is, uh, is a bit tricky and misleading, right? So you have, when you say unifying, unifying it one, in what sense? What are you unifying? Right. right. So if we say we are unifying the different frameworks of nature, then that is a good, 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 good picture, right? But the, the, the key point about unification that you, that you have to understand it is not enough for me to tell you what, are, what is the makeup of the universe, okay. okay? Actually, it's more important to tell you uh, how different objects in the universe play with each other, right? That is actually the more interesting thing. When we study physics in general, what we really are studying is how do different things play with each other, right? Given okay. certain objects, certain particles, how do they talk to each other? How do they play with each other? How do they interact with each other? Right. This is where a lot of the physics come from. Okay. Right? Of course, we do know what the objects are. Right, we yes. do need to know what the fundamental particles are. But that's one bag of questions. If you know what are the fundamental particles, so we expect that there are particles and there is space-time, the, the physical question that I care about is, how do particles in space-time behave, and how do they affect space-time, and how does space-time itself affect them? Okay. Right. So this is where physics lies. And, um, and, and then you can have different framework to explore that. Like quantum field theory will explore how particles talk to each other and behave with each other without gravity. General relativity explores how, and gravity in general, ex explores how um, space-time and, and the stuff inside space-time talk to each other, right? That's, that's, a, that's a nice framework, which, which if I tell you what are the particles and what is the space-time, then I have a way of, of, of exploring that, 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 that setup. And um, within string theory, actually, the distinction of the particles and space-time itself can be even looser, right? You can just have one sort of fundamental thing that you would like to understand where, you know, as I was talking about strong coupling, you know, and if you have that fundamental thing, you can go to a limit where you can talk about particles and space-time, but it could be that, you know, you are in a limit where it's not clear what is a particle and what is right. from space-time. Hmm. So you want to think of as framework. You want to think of bags that includes everything. And uh, that's how we do physics today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As we said earlier, like your main focus is string theory, but it seems like you have to have a pretty strong understanding of like general relativity and um, like quantum theory. Is there like, did you have to learn all those in depth as well? Yes. 
So the you know as, as as I just alluded, because you know we should think about physics as a bag of stuff. All of these things are one and talk to each other in various ways. Right. You know, as we as, as you go to school, at some point you take a bunch of general relativity courses. You learn how general relativity works. You take a bunch of quantum field theory courses. You know how that works. You take a string theory course. You know how that works. And then as you go further, you start to learn about how these different things are connected to some point where they're not distinguishable, right? Where if I make a statement, a physical statement, I can I, I can talk about that same physical statement either in string theory or gravity or, or quantum field theory. Uh, you know, all of this, these barriers are, become get loosened as you, you know, go more and more in the field. Right. Um, but you know, at some point, you have to learn everything. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is true, I guess, in, any, in, in, in almost any subject. You know, in mathematics, it's also the same. You start to learn, you know, things like algebra, geometry, you know. And, uh, but as you grow up, you find that these two things are, that could be very intimately related, you know, and they talk to each other. And at some point, you, you have new things emerge where all of these things are there and you have to understand all of them and you have to know all of them. Yeah. But the 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 the, the it's, it, it may sound daunting, but it's doable. Right? <laughs> it sounds really daunting. <laughs> you know, but 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 it is doable. You know, the center is filled with people who are experts in various corners of this landscape of of, of ideas. Um, you know, and then you have people who are experts. You know, between how two different set of ideas work, you have people who are experts in how all of them work together. You know, and and the modern aspects of theoretical physics is very much involved to understanding how these different things talk to each other, how they work, and how do they combine to give you a much more larger, much more general perspective about physics and the universe and how things work in general. So I just want to allude to an earlier statement. We were talking about the sci-fi show that has the existence of multiverses. In your opinion, do we live in a multiverse? Oh, that's an, that's, a, that's an interesting question. Do we live in the multiverse? I don't know. I try not to have too many opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to think about, you know, it's important to first know what are the things we can calculate, okay? And then, you know, I, I'm a theoretician, so I, 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 I live in that world. Of right. what we, and then it's important to also ask what are the things that we see? Right now, we don't see anything out there that, that indicates that there is a multiverse. But if we do take things like string theory seriously, there could be predictions, could be predictions that tells you that um, there is a multiverse. In a, in a very simple sense, there is actually a notion of a multiverse in the following sense, that if we look at the universe out there, there is a maximum distance of how far we can see, right? That is uh, 13.7 light years. That's the maximum distance. So that is our patch of observable universe. Certainly the universe might be much, much bigger than that, right? right. So there are sectors of universe that are very far away from each other, which we don't see. It is possible that two sectors can have different phenomena that's occurring there. It is possible that two sectors can have some of the couplings of the world change a little bit, you know. But we don't know that. We haven't observed it. We haven't seen it. But from a within, even within the framework of quantum field theory, this is certainly allowed. So, so in a very kind of sort of down to earth point, there is a 
multiverse <laughs> in that sense. Right. But then the question I guess you care about here is, are there universes that sit on top of each other, and would you be able to go from one to the other? That is a much more interesting question, but if there is a multiverse, it wouldn't actually quite work that way. The way it would work is in the way that I described first, that you can have some bubble, you can have a larger universe, but we know certainly what's possible is that given a larger universe, you can have another bubble universe inside of it, right? right. Which have different properties. Certainly this is allowed by quantum field theory and it's consistent with string theory. Um, so, so from just the framework that we have, we, we can make sense of these statements right. and we know what they are, we know what they mean, but we do not have any sort of real world indication that, that these things exist. So you can neither confirm nor deny the existence of a multiverse. I can only confirm the things that I <laughs> want to think about. <laughs> do you want to wrap up? Um, so you spoke about coming from the inner city and um, there may not be kids from the inner city that listen to this program, but do you have any advice for anyone, but in particular kids that may be facing the same adversities that you faced, the same challenges that you had to overcome? Sure. I mean, um, the, the, you know, as, as growing up at various stages of my life, the next step was always unreachable. Right. It was always unreachable. You know, growing up in the inner city school, going to a great college or university itself could be an unreachable task. You know, and even if you do, going to a university where you are prepared to do anything yeah. could be itself a, um, you know, a, an unreachable task. And moreover, you know, doing something like mathematics and physics, which requires a very strong foundation, itself is, is an, 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 an unreachable task. You know, also having your life and your environment fundamentally change, going from Senegal to inner city Bronx to a, you know, rich up, upper class university, all of these things require, you know, your life changing fundamentally. And all of these things, you know, success and, 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 and survival can seem unreachable. And, you know, throughout this whole time, the only thing that I sort of focused on was the things that I was curious about. And fortunately, you know, as you go along, if you focus on the things that you care about, you will find one or two people. It's not going to be everyone. You'll find just one or two, one or two people who will just cheer you, who will make it a point to help you and, and push you forward. You will find many, 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 many reasons to want to go back and turn back and go home, go see the corner. I have had many of those occasions occur to me. I have had various nervous breakdowns at various levels occur to me and all of these things. But it is very important at any stage for you to remember the things that you care about, the things that you want to study, and to have a unbreakable belief that you're capable of doing these things, okay? And, you know, and, 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 and it's also important to be open and be open-minded because in, certainly in my life and in my career, there were always at any stage to one or two people who would make it at their point to make sure I do well and succeed, who pro provide an environment of support 
a place of, uh, you know, uh, basically a corner where I can run into when things are very hard, which were hard quite often, who would just help me sort things out and, 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 and figure, figure those out. And I think that's, that's what you just have to focus on. Yeah. Thank you, Ibrahima Ba, who is Assistant Professor of Physics at Johns Hopkins University. And thank you, Patrick Young from Glenwood Springs High School and Samuel Navius from Aspen High School. That was a great interview. Thank you. Thank you.